All right. So bonus round, let's talk about female designers. Let's talk about what it takes and maybe some different ways, different ideas you have about getting more female designers into the industry, into the game design space. Uh, and this is actually something that's very important to me. I have two daughters, uh, one of which loves games and loves game design. Every time I am yeah. sitting at the table working on something, she will walk up and like, look at what I'm doing and ask me questions. And then without fail, pretty much 100% of the time, she will sit down next to me and ask if she can grab, you know, can I have this card stock and have this note card? And she will just start designing her own game, right? This little simple race game. The other day we, she made one that was, it was a race game and, and you, you rolled two dice. And so you, you could potentially go 12 spaces. And what was funny is the whole race course was only like 10 spaces. So potentially you could win on the first turn, right? You could go 12 spaces and win the whole game. And that actually <laughs> happened. Uh, it, like the first time we played, I rolled a 12 or 11 or something like that. And I, I won like before she even got to go. And she looked at me, she like, gave me a high five. She's like, yeah, you won. And I was like, cool. <laughs> oh, it wasn't like, oh, there's something wrong with my game. No, no, this is, this is like, oh, this is great. You won on the first turn. <laughs> you know, and she's only 10 years old. And so uh, that, that's part of it as well. But she loves game design. And so one thing I've, I've found just in life in general is that when there are other people similar to you, whether it's, you know, your, your, your gender, your race, national, all those different things, you were just more likely to be involved. And, and this is something I dealt with playing football, you know, being a white guy, a small white guy, uh, you know, <laughs> especially, uh, you know, I remember early on when I was in middle school, high school, I would look around, especially in the NFL and I would go, yeah, there's not that many people like me. But then there was this guy named Marvin Harrison who was five, nine, five, 10 and 170 pounds soaking wet. He's just a small dude. And he was easily the best receiver in the league, if not you know, in the top three, if not the best. And I thought, wait, if he's that small and he can do it, maybe I can too. And that made me really want to get more and more into football because there was somebody else similar to me that was doing that. He was a black guy. And then, but then a, a, a small white guy started doing it. I was like, oh, Wes Walker. And I was like, oh man. And I, it had it really didn't have anything to do with like, it wasn't a race issue or it was just someone similar to me was doing the thing that I wanted to do. And it just gave me more hope, more confidence, more, you know, more thinking that maybe I can do it as well. And so I know that this is the case across the board. And so what do we do to get more female designers into the space so that my daughter can look up and go, Hey, if she can do it, I can too. And to give her that confidence, you know, down the road, what does that look like? Well, give me your ideas. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit on a big piece of it is just visibility for the folks that are already out there. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you ever had the experience also of walking into a room of probably mostly African-American football players, I'm oh, guessing, and like all, all eyes are on you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you kind of become the stereotype on the other side, you know? Um, yeah. my, my high school basketball team, there's a, there's a funny picture where there were 12 of us on the team, and I'm the only white kid. So there's 11 of, of some of my best friends growing up, the, these black guys. And what was funny, some of those guys were really dark. And so the photographer actually had to kind of change the light balance <laughs> to get them to show up better. And I am extra white. Like I am as pasty white, white as you can be in this. Like I am glowing in this picture, just this sticking out. Right. And so I understand what it's like to, and I live in a country where my race makes up less than 1% of the entire population. Everywhere I go, people look at me and they're like, why are you like, what are you doing here? And so right. I understand it is not an enjoyable thing to be. And yeah, I, I can't imagine from a, a female side obviously but yeah it's, right it's and I, I i think people feel threatened a lot when people are like this is an uncomfortable situation but it, yeah. it is possible for it simultaneously to be true that those are some of your best friends in the world yep. and it's an uncomfortable situation to be the only person who looks like you in a room full of people right, right. like and so like walking into Unpub. It has gotten better every year that I'm there. This year, it was maybe 20% women designers. Okay. okay, that's good news. We're making progress. <laughs> but man, 20% still feels like yeah. not great. 
um, when, you know, the population is 50, 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things we did this year actually was sort of informally organized a breakfast where a bunch of the women we could find ahead of time, we sort of told everyone, let's just go out for breakfast Saturday morning. So it was like, and that became this anchor, I think, for a lot of us of like, okay, from where I am sitting, I cannot see any other women, but I know they are in this very large ballroom somewhere and are like rooting for me, you know? And just even that, I think, felt better to people than just walking anonymously into this room where you're the weirdo and stand out. Um, so I, so that's one piece of it is like getting more people to events Um and Jeff Engelstein just announced he's helping organize like, scholarships for people to go to the Tabletop Network conference this year. So that's available to women and people of color that want to go to that conference that wouldn't otherwise be able to make it. Um, so like getting the numbers up um, and then once people are there supporting them, you know, having those sort of networking events for people within the minority group but then also helping people network um with everyone else that is there at that event right so that when you're walking into that room of people unlike you maybe you know a bunch of them and then it's a lot less uncomfortable and i think so much of what happens in game publishing is that publishers are much more comfortable publishing designs by people they already know for many good business reasons, obviously, but nothing is going to change until more publishers take risks on unpublished designers and especially unpublished designers who are women or people of color. Um, like if, if, publishers just keep publishing games by already published designers it will continue to be 90 plus percent white guys getting published yeah and i think this is another place where kickstarter can come in because a lot of all right publishers are in the business of making money oh at the end of the day the the main color they think about is green and so i think kickstarter creates an opportunity because so many publishers are they're they're scared they're scared to uh, do games about birds right because they're like i don't know i don't know if it's going to make any money i don't know if it's going to sell you know luckily jamie stegmar was like no no this is a great game this is going to be something Uh, but i feel like a lot of publishers are just they're so risk averse but where kickstarter comes in is you, you can measure the risk on the front end. You know, if, if nobody wants the game, cool, nobody backed it. There there you go. You didn't really lose that much money. Uh, and so I think Kickstarter can be a big help in these kinds of things of hopefully getting publishers to take more risks on not just not just people who are different, but just designs that are different. Yeah. But the thing is, different people tend to make different things, right? Not, you know, if you're coming out of a very different uh, life background or life experience, you're probably going to design different kinds of art. And so hopefully, you know, more and more publishers will just be more open, especially with Kickstarter and, and you know, different ways of funding things uh, to these different kinds of designs from different kinds of people. Right. And, you know, I hate to be essentialist and say that women are going to design different games from the games that men are going to design, because that is not always true. And there are women who have designed, you know, super crunchy war games, but I do get a surprising number of notes from people from guys who are like, Oh my God, my girlfriend actually likes your game. She hates all the games that I ever have tried to make her play. And yeah. Is that theme? Is it, 
style, you know, that it's not take that. It's a very Care Bear-y game. I don't know what that is and whether that is actually gendered or just these individual cases of people who happen to have reached out to me. But yeah, even if it's not gendered, just opening things up so that 100% of the population is designing games instead of 50% of the population seems like you are bound to come up with a more diverse set of games and have room for the average to be higher. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe it was just your name on the box. Maybe that was the initial thing where someone said, no, I don't want, wait, who's it? Who made that? Elizabeth. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll give it a shot. I mean, it really could have truly just been that, right? Cause like you're going back and saying earlier, you, you tend to be a little more comfortable with people you're used to. Right. And so if, that, that could have been it as well. And so I think just yeah. making that more prominent, the, the designer's name on the box, putting people's pictures on the box. This is something I don't understand about the industry. This is something I, like in my own games, I'm changing. Like my, my like face is jacket, on, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like why in books, the author's picture is always, like 99% of the time, on the back and it's got a little bio about who they are. Like, But not with game design, and I don't understand that. And so like all my games that I kickstart, I come out with, you better believe my face and my little bio is on the back because that's what I believe should be. And so maybe just having people's pictures and just saying, oh, this is from you know this person. This is kind of who they are, part of their, their journey, whatever. I think that might go a long way as well. Yeah. And I think we can do a lot more in terms of visibility for the women who are already designing games, which will sort of feed into that as well of just like normalizing the concept that anyone can design games. Yeah. And um, so one of the things I did last week, well, so for International Women Women's Day in the beginning of March, I did this whole thread on Twitter where I put out a bunch of the women that I knew and was just like, follow all these people. Here are the awesome things they've done. And I decided to sort of get more systematic about that and, and put it on my website and did even more digging. So, and so I posted it again about a week ago and it was up to like a hundred women and people have been sending me dozens of names even since then. So now I think it's, it's over 150 women on this website that if people are putting together panels or podcasts or blogs, just like to be thinking about what picture are you painting about? What is the population of game designers and are you including folks from different backgrounds and from, different genders and races and um it's a it can be a conscious choice to paint a picture of game design that is much more balanced than what i see in a lot of game design media yeah for sure i think another giant thing and this goes this is with anything is encouragement. Who are you encouraging? Yeah. Are you encouraging the people around you? Like my, my daughter, for instance, I am encouraging her to design more games, right? And I'm hoping that that's going to lead to her designing more games, right? And so I think being encouraging and being uplifting and building people's self-esteem and confidence. I One thing that's really been frustrating with this podcast and in the book that I've been working on is I've talked to quite a few women and I've said, hey, I would love to have you on the show or hey, I'd love to have you in the book. And they have responded with, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think anyone cares what I have to say like they've been this like self-defeating kind of thing and that's tragic because and these are people that i have great respect for people that are amazing people that you would not imagine them ever saying this based on the games they've created or the things they've done in the industry like it makes no sense but they they're just struggling with confidence they're struggling with the courage to to say you know what i am pretty good yeah people do need to hear what i have to say because it, it matters it's important and so i think just encouraging and, and kind of building people up is, it goes also goes a long way yeah 
Imposter syndrome strikes most people at some point, but there is published evidence that it strikes women more often and more heavily than it strikes men. Yeah, that's definitely been my anecdotal experience. You know, it's what's funny. I've had so many men contact me and say, hey, I want to come on the show. And I'm like, cool, you know, tell me about who you are. And they say, well, you know, I've got this game on Kickstarter right now. And it's the first game I ever dreamed of. And it's only made 20 bucks so far. And right. It's that's like, like their only qualification. <laughs> and they're, they feel totally justified <laughs> right. reaching out to you. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. They have done nothing. They've done less than nothing at this point. You know, and it's like, <laughs> man, you're just you're, sorry. You're just not quite what we're looking for in a guest right now, you know hit me back in a year or so when maybe you've got more experience, maybe you've got something. Cause, but then there's women on the other side, they're like amazing and have, you know, a game somewhere in the top hundred, 200, 300, something like that. And they've just done awesome things. And they're like, well, I don't know. It's like, Oh my goodness. And so whatever we can do to kind of start fixing that is just, that's, that's what, what I think we should, you know, travel down those roads of encouragement and building people up. Right. And so if some of those women are listening, my message to them, and I've had this conversation with some people is like, I see it as my responsibility to go ahead and be visible and to yeah. be that person that people see and realize that like this is an attainable thing for them. Right. Um, so I hope more people start saying yes. Yeah, definitely. And please email me. Like if you if you have a game coming out and you have once you have something to say, you have, please send me a message. You know, it's it's so hard to to go out and find people. You know, it just it just is what it is, and and just the nature of things and finding people's email address and not, not, not wanting to, you know, be weird about it. But so if you have a game coming out and, and you uh, want to talk about something, you have a topic or you, you know, just feel like there's something that we need to go into, no matter who you are, man, woman, black, white, doesn't matter. Please send me a message. But especially if, if you are a female, love to have you on the show, love to get your, your perspective, get your idea, get ideas, get your thoughts, because I want, I want to, again, for my daughter's sake, I need people that she can look up to because she can only see me so far, right? I'm also her dad. So there's going to come time very soon where I'm not cool at all. And everything I do is dumb <laughs> and it's not going to work. So I need amazing women that she can look at and go, yeah, I can be like her and she's doing cool stuff and I can do those cool things too. I need that for my daughter's sake. And so please send me a message, send me an email and let's, let's work something out. Awesome. I will spread the word. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Appreciate <laughs> it. Elizabeth, again, I really appreciate your time. Appreciate your thoughts on these topics. And these can be a precarious things, especially online. People lose their minds about these issues, which is unfortunate. You know, the Facebook and Twitter are not very nuanced in these things. And so I'm really glad we can just kind of sit down. We can talk through these things, talk about what we need to do, how we need to go forward. And again, the industry has gotten a lot better. So let's not just be like, Hey, everything's terrible. No, things have gotten a lot better since, in, since 10 years ago, right? But there's still so much to be done. And I'm excited to see what else we can, that, that can be done and how we can be part of, you know, lifting up tons of people uh, from all sorts of different backgrounds, all sorts of different countries. As more and more countries find games, you know, the, the Chinese market is starting to really, you know, start, discover board games, right? And so, like, what does it look like to, for people from that experience, that side of life, you know, to start coming into the market and, and getting their ideas and experiences? So I'm really excited to just kind of see where things are headed. Yes, it'll be awesome. Oh, cool. Well, again, really appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming on the show and uh, good luck with all the many things you have uh, in the works and everything else you got going on right now. Thanks. Thanks for having me.